The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from Burbank, in here, California, this is at AppSock Files, and TNF In Session is coming up shortly. And here's my little intro. You like the little intro? I feel like I should be doing some monologue jokes. No, let's not do that. There was a time in my life where I thought for sure I was going to be on a writing team of late, late night, late show, tonight show, tomorrow show, whatever, whatever. You just throw it at me. I even tried out. Well, not tried out. That's not really what happened. I submitted a packet. I was 18 years old, 19, maybe, approaching 20. I sent my packet unsolicited, unasked for. Oh, they didn't want me to write them. But I sent it to Worldwide Pants. I can't remember where I got the address. Probably just sent it to Ed Sullivan Theater, Care of the Beatles. Please give to Letterman. And I did get a response. I did get a response. No thanks. But they also said, you're, you're, you're too young right now. And you get about 20 and a half, 21. Right us back. Well, they sent some release form. I should have kept it. Of all the things I've kept in my life, I should have kept that. And they said, come back later. And I never did. I never did. What could have been? Don't give up on your dreams, children. But love Dave. Love Dave. Letterman's my guy. I love Conan, too. But Letterman's my guy. Uh, I, I, I'm not a big, huge fan of monologue jokes. I don't know if it would have worked. I want. I was big on the bits. The 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 the, the top ten list. Huge. Love the top ten list. Have the book somewhere of the Late Show top ten lists and chicken recipes or something like that. Is like what it's called. Had some good chicken recipes in it. Uh, had that. I but I loved Letterman and found comedy. Letterman on the go. When Letterman would take the show on the road and go to Los Angeles. And ride around in a in a convertible with with Jaja Gabor getting tacos. There was one I and it's you know either you love Dave or you didn't, and it's not about Leno or anything else. You know either you you love Dave or you don't. I think. Um, to me, some of the epitome of why I love Letterman comedy is is he uh, did a little prank. They taped. They taped, they glued, like affixed in a major way, a bag of groceries in the back of his convertible, and he just like drove around the street, and they tried to measure what what people said. And I can't, oh my god, I can't remember the line, but someone was like, "Hey, hey!" Like another motorist, "Hey, you got a your bag of groceries on your car?" And Dave just said something like, "Oh, it's fine. Uh, I'm not going on the freeway." And it just that that's kind of the Letterman comedy that I love so much. And if I could have prepared those things for Dave. Maybe then I would have gone back and pursued it. Now it's too late. Now Dave's got a beard. He's retired. What an impressive beard. My beard's getting too bushy and too long. And you're going to see that soon. Not here on this audio podcast, but TNF In Session is a show that is recorded uh, live to a private YouTube audience uh, via my Patreon page. And then I release it to the public. Here's an audio show. And uh, then on the YouTube channel, find uh, Ken Absock on YouTube if you haven't there. I don't put a lot into the YouTube channel, um, but it's there. And the motivations videos are there and some other stuff. And uh, in the episode today, I answer the question about where are those uh, new motivation videos. Uh, so there's that. Um, but uh, I love doing these shows, and I hope you guys do too. It's a little different. It's a, it's Q&A-ish, but it's fun, and we have such a fun community b- built up around this show over in the Discord server, the Patreon page, and, and on Twitch when I do stream. It's been a while, but it's coming back too. And I just love sharing these shows with those people. They get to call in, and they get to ask me questions, and, and, and not just ask me questions like, Can they, uh, what's, uh, what's your... Uh, Favorite, uh, what's your favorite color? No, they get to get some good thought starters and, and spin me off in other directions. We used to do the TNF Hotline show, and that still pops back every now and then. And uh, I, I love just hearing what you guys had to say, uh, building the show around you uh, as well, because I got I can do all my crazy stuff. I can I can do the mysteries and unexplained, which I love doing. Oh God, I love doing. I wish more people loved that I love doing it, but I love doing it, and more is coming. And I'm not, t- and that's not going anywhere. Uh, I love doing that. So, but this is uh, your guys' uh, voices, and that's what makes it so fun. Uh, speaking of the Patreon page, I, I don't talk about it a lot. 
It's very important to me. It's it's a source of income, and I'm always honest with that. It is, you know, it's a business uh, that's me in this room. And Patreon provides a way for creators to make a living at times or to help with living uh, and, and, and just chase their dreams. And it's a powerful thing. And it's not just a crowdfund. It's not just a fundraiser. It, 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 if it's done right, and I think content creators do do it right out there, it is to help build the community around it and just make it more fun and face the harsh realities of, you know, if you like the content we create, we are on a razor's edge. It is one paycheck away from disaster, but also uh, everything going away. But luckily, this DIY time period, you can do it on your own and build around. And I and I love what I got going on Patreon there. Uh, and it always dips and it always grows and dips and grows and dips. That's the nature of it. And if anyone leaves, and if you're thinking, if you're out there, you've never used Patreon, and you're like, well, this is weird. Uh, all right, I'll, okay, I'll give Ken a buck. Uh, what if I leave? Will he come after me? I, I, I never seek any explanation as to why anyone uh, shuts down their support because there's a lot of reasons. And some of it might be my face. But other reasons, just time. You didn't plan to go the distance. Um, all those kind of things. And I just i am grateful for the support I have, but I also love giving back. And we got some good stuff going up on there. The Kazak Radio Show, which is my Patreon playlist. Play some songs. I just, I just break the rules and I play some songs. It's like a radio show, about an hour. Do that. And starting next month, I'm doing a new show called Inside Why We Love Star Wars. I did write that book, Why We Love Star Wars, put out in May. Audiobook came out here in uh, August now. And love doing it. Love writing the book, but... I, uh, you know, go back. I, I want, I, I have some explanations. You might have some questions. There's some mistakes in the book. Some of the copy editing went a little wonky. I didn't do it. It was a publisher. <laughs> and I remember looking at some, oh, how did that get in there? Um, There's one big factual mistake. Some of you might have already picked it out. Some of you, maybe not. Some of you actually probably thought, I had one friend asking me, and he goes, I thought that was called this, but you said it was that. And he assumed I was right because I wrote a book. And I'm like, no, 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 I got it wrong. And I messed, I just blanked. I just blanked. And uh, I want to go over all that stuff, warts and all, successes and all, and start a conversation about Star Wars more in depth on my Patreon page, and we'll do it there. And that's coming on in October, and I just want to let you all know about that. I, I can't do this without my high-tier supporters as well. Any of all my supporters. But we have uh, the TNF Boardroom which is uh, like tier six and higher of the support tiers. Go find the tier that matches you. And the top tier are the executive producer tiers, and that's Thomas Risling, Aletha Loganex, Matthew Simon, Bador, Matt Thompson, who has uh, Thompson Media Productions. Check it out to uh, online at TMP Media Prod. Uh, the Brothers Buddha, Tamor, Abdul, Rafa, uh, Donald Long, Nathan Ovendale, Zach Anderson, young burgeoning stand-up up there, out there in Milwaukee area, and uh, my buddy Ty Schallenberger, who's a Giants foot, New York football Giants fan, and he's having a good week. The big win. Thank you for all your support there. And also for anyone who's heading to L.A. Comic-Con, happy to announce that I will be appearing on two panels. I actually wasn't expecting to be on two panels, but I will be. Um, uh, my friends uh, Claudia Adolf and uh, Dorina Ariano have put together a panel again that they do uh, a lot, uh, a lot of conventions. We did it up in Seattle as well. Uh, it's Pop Culture Needle Drop, and also be on the, uh, uh, Claudia invited me on another panel called DIY, Carving Out Your Own Path in Entertainment. And uh, that's on Sunday at Los Angeles Comic Con, October 13th, 2019, at the LA Convention Center. You take a train down. That's what I do. I take the train down. You get up, cross the street, you're right there. You're right there. Uh, 11 a.m. for the Carving Out Your Own Path panel in room 304 ABC and 1230. Pop culture needle drop. Fun talking about music and movies and pop culture music, all stuff like that. That's in room 407. I don't know who else is on the panel with me, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you're there, check me out. I'll just be there on Sunday. That's the only day I'll be there for the uh, panels. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, like LA Comic Con. It's actually the first convention, comic convention I ever went to. When it's still called Stan Lee's Kamikaze, not Stan Lee's LA, LA Comic Con. Um, it's a lot of fun, and we'll be there. Like I said, if you're local, take the train. Don't worry about parking. Take the train. Just avoid a puddle of pee in the, the subway. It's easy. I do it. You can do it. All right. Are you ready for the show? Are you ready to get started? All right, we're going to take a quick break. And on the other side of this break, we're going to dive right into it all. We'll do it all again with an intro and all those fun things for TNF in session. This is the Napsock Files. I'm Ken Napsock. Thanks for your support. Thanks for listening. Stick around. The show is about to begin. 
The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful Burbank, California, this is TNF In Session. The NAFSOC Files recorded live, live in front of a private YouTube audience comprised of my Patreon supporters and some questions from them and some live interactions and perhaps even a phone call or two from you out there. Hello, everybody. Welcome. I also put this up on YouTube. And if you watch on YouTube, you might get the unedited uh, mishaps, airs, no music playing, record buttons not being pressed. Uh, you know, and that's what we do. This is always going to improve. We're now got a webcam looking up my nose and my bushy beard. Uh, and I got a curtain that came with the house that I don't like. I ordered an afternoon's tapestry. I need to get a Knapsack Files tapestry, and then we'll have something good. And we got a camera link over there ready to go. If only I had the tech skills of a 14-year-old, then much like the environment, it would be saved. All right. Hello, everybody. In chat, we got Will McLean, Chad Benefield's here for bed, Pete Rich, The Hump, Jason Humphrey's checking in for the UK, Brothers Bahuda. We got the House Bahuda, Abdul and Tamor, and Lauren Romo's here. Uh, she's got a great new Star Wars podcast out there. Called, what's it called, Lauren? The Galactic Podcast? Gal capitalized, because gals, girls, get it? I like it. Delicious. We got the Galactic Podcast. I got it. Uh, I have the camera, Chad. I have the cha- camera to go with that link. It's Canon XA10 sitting right over there. I've had it for years. I used to shoot Tiffany Smith's show stacked on that camera. And it's going to work. Uh, we got, uh, I got a name here, but that's old handsaw to you and me. All right, let's get right to it. I've got some great questions here from some folks in Patreon land. Uh, and we appreciate the support on uh, the Catnapsock Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash catnapsock. Tier 3 or above gets to post questions. Tier 4 or above gets to participate, and that includes call into the show. We got some a wide range of uh, questions here and a lot about stand-up this time around, and I like that. So we're going to dive right in here, uh, you know, assuming uh, Chad is uh, ready for me to go to the pre-selected questions and then uh, go to this. Uh, we have got uh, this one first from Matt uh, Plaisance, and Matt asks a sports question. I am a Miami Dolphin fan, and Matt is asking, uh, will the Dolphins win a game this season or go 0-16? Currently, at the time of this recording, they're 0-3. I don't want them to go 0-16. I, I lived through one uh, season that was 1-15, not too uh, far back in our history. Uh, I don't watch the NFL with the passion and attention to detail like I used to, but I do love sports. I'm a sports person, and I enjoy them. As I uh, watching some football uh, this week with some pals, which put a pin in that. We're going to come back to that. I don't do that often. Um, uh, but the Dolphins are not good this year. There's, uh, you know, they want to get uh, – there's that quarterback out that everyone's talking about. He's coming out in the draft next year, and I think everyone kind of uh, is, uh, you know, not competing to be the worst team, but uh, they want him. And the Dolphins are looking like they're going to get. But um, I think they're going to they're gonna get three wins. I think they'll go three and 13 is uh, what what I want, uh, what I hope for the team, which is not great. I really like Brian Flores as a coach. I even, uh, yeah, Tua from Alabama, that's the kid. Um, uh, thank you, Will McClain in chat there. Um, I enjoy uh, Brian Flores as a coach. I, I even think Josh Rosen is an okay quarterback for us. I think there's a lot of stuff. I also was a big Ryan Tannehill fan. Uh, didn't happen for him, but uh, I um, I think that's it's not going to be a good year in Miami. But hey, sometimes uh, as I wrote this week in my flag sports baseball column, sometimes the agony is why we watch sports because we know it's going to make the joy that much sweeter. And with the with the Dolphins, maybe that'll be the case. So, I uh, appreciate that question, uh Matt. It is football season. We should talk some football for those who are sports fans. If you're not a sports fan, it's okay. If you are a sports fan and you're a fan of nerd things, uh, you should be a fan of both. I encourage that. John Mariano's got a question here. He says, my brother and I crush hot wings. Well, I know some prefer loaded nachos. What's your go-to snack when taking in a game with your buddies? And this is where I get uh, a little grumpy, a little anti-social. Not against John. That's a great question, John. Uh, chips and salsa is a good snack if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm hunkering down 
to watch a game. That's usually what I'll do. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll generally get some chips and salsa. And, and you, you can't go wrong with pizza or wings. I, I enjoy that. Super Bowl stuff, though. For whatever reason, I think Super Bowl, forget the number, but back in 1989. My, my dad's not a big sports fan, no, nor is... Uh, nor is my mom, but then you would sit and watch the big games with me and, and for the Super Bowl, which is the 49er Bronco one where the 49ers won like 55 to 10 or whatever it was. My dad, who used to make some great, he still does, doesn't do as much, made, uh, made some great like fresh salsa. And he made a big bowl and we sat down and we watched some football with some chips and salsa. And I just have a memory of that. And I, I, and, and like I said, my dad's not a big sports fan. We don't. We didn't play catch in the yard. We didn't go toss the football. We didn't go to games together. Like we, we didn't sit down and watch a lot. But I remember that. And so therefore, when I think Super Bowl, I think of that. But for whatever reason, I don't enjoy watching games or even some important programs with other people around me. Uh, upcoming uh, Mandalorian, Disney Plus, which I tried signing up for, uh, and I don't know if I successfully did. They're going to have some problems. Everyone has problems when they launch. Uh, as someone who was there when Screen Junkies Plus launched and the problems that we had by the minute, I can tell you, it doesn't matter who you are. Disney, WWE had a lot of problems when they launched the WWE Network app. It's going to happen. So, But uh, Mandalorian, case in point. I'm looking forward to Mandalorian. A lot of people are. A lot of Star Wars fans are. November 12th it drops. I won't be watching it with anyone other than my girlfriend and our dogs. Maybe if I needed to. My pal Scrimshaw and his wife can come over because we're going to watch it the same way. He and I kind of understand. Game of Thrones. We were in Chicago for the episode eight premiere. Uh, Stuck out there for Star Wars Celebration. Like literally a lot of our flights got canceled. And uh, we, a lot of people were like, hey, Ken, are you watching Game of Thrones? Can I gather in your hotel room? And our hotel that Joseph and I were staying at had free HBO. We're like, no, actually you can't. We want to watch it. In complete silence, studying what's on screen, don't want talking, don't want jokes, don't want food crunching, nothing. And Joseph and I were really in agreement on that. So we let a small, small group of people, I think two people got in. And, you know, one of them broke the rules. That's all I'll say. Dogs, dogs, Chad, you're right. Chad and Chad, dogs can interrupt good show watching. So when it comes to sports, to John Mariano's question... I very rarely attend Super Bowl parties. I rarely uh, go watch the World Series with anyone. I don't, I don't, I'm a Yankee fan. I won't watch it with other Yankee fans. I am very get off my lawn when it comes to watching stuff. One of the reasons is I, especially with like football, uh, I don't just watch it. I'll have it on. But even if it's the Miami Dolphins, I'm doing other things. On my computer, working on some something, uh, paying bills, whatever it is, always been the case, uh, especially with baseball. I love baseball. I love love every pitch of every game. Uh, baseball's not boring to me, but I I do a lot of other things when I'm watching, it, and sometimes that annoys people, which I respect. So I just agree to stay away from everybody. And now you've learned a little of me and how grumpy I am. All right, uh, we got a couple of questions here uh, that don't pertain to stand up. Actually, we got more than a few, so we'll get to some stand up stuff. Alice Wadsworth asks this question uh, How is cohabitating with your beautiful Lady Grace going, and will we ever see Wicket again? All right, that's a good thing. Well, first of all, um, ha- uh, Lauren uh, Romo in, in uh, chat says, hashtag Grumpy Ken. Oh, that's a hashtag for life. Um, and Abdul says, looking forward to Joseph and Ken reviewing The Mandalorian. Um, yes, uh, yes, we're going to be doing that. Uh, Force Center, I will announce this is a Force Center channel, Abdul, but Force Center will be doing uh, uh, Mandalorian reviews, specific show by himself, but, but not, not part of the main show. Um, the cohabitation. Well, it's going great. Actually, it's going so great, it doesn't seem like anything changed, which is good. Shouldn't feel like I've lost anything. I feel like we have a good base of operations. And I was never I was never afraid of what it would be like to live with someone. There's there's things, intimacy things, like I talk about it in my stand-up act, real intimacy, you know, not surface level stuff. That yeah, you have to they they're gonna know you. They're gonna know how silly you are as a human or your stupid habits. And and I had never lived with anyone before, so I was a little afraid of her reaction to that and the dog's reactions to that. Um, but no, no, it's been, it's been so calm and collected that I recommend it for those who are considering trying on, uh, if you don't 
do that, don't want to do that, been down that road before and it's gone wrong, absolutely. That's uh, taking consideration your own beliefs, your own um, uh, way of doing things and, and your own experiences. But I am uh, having a great time. The house is good. We're settling in. Almost there. Still got these these green curtains. Let's be honest; they're probably going to stay. But I'm going to, you know, get that. I'm going to get that tapestry. One of these days, I'm going to get that Knapsack Files tapestry and hang it back there for these streams. Uh, but uh, as far as uh, the other question there, uh, when are we going to see Wicket again? I'm glad uh, Alice brings that up. Wicket made. Uh, I have the life size Wicket from the folks at Tree on Endor and Emerald Moon. They. Uh, uh, had one, uh, they made one for me and, and got it out to me. And it is uh, life size, it is lifelike. You walk into the room and you think Wicket is there. And of course, it was a key backdrop for my motivations videos. And then I moved. So the motivation videos kind of uh, went to hiatus. It's coming back. I've got the bathrobes right over here. Hold on. Well, I can't reach. I'm going to fall. Here you go. Here you go. Okay. For those watching home, there's the bathrobe. This is the bathrobe. For those listening on audio, that's the bathrobe rubbing up against stuff. Uh, then I got this robe. I got the other robe. Woo! The, the silkier one. They're right there. So the, uh, the motivations are not going away. But I had to settle in and find a new way to shoot them. The way I shot them, because I lived alone, was just easier. Set up a tripod, hook up my phone, uh, hook up my little um, lav that I got. It works great. It's like... I have a $600 lav, and um, I can't use that one. I use my $10 lav I bought online for my phone. Though, this is great audio. I don't know where it is. Do you guys do that? Do you do the thing where you move, and you put something away, and you're like, I'm going to find that later? Here's the $600 lav. This is a $600 piece of electronics that I bought, uh, again, back when I was shooting Stacked uh, with Tiffany Smith. It's one Tiff would use. Um, I, I don't know where it went. I have to order another one. Uh, that's, so that's been part of the problem. Motivations will be back. And I've got a nice little set. I've got a nice little corner of the house that Grace designed, not for this, for her own use, for reading and stuff. Um... And I'm going to shoot in that, and it's great. The only problem is Wicket won't be there. Wicket's in the garage. Wicket is in the garage. I work out with Wicket watching me, and it's kind of not creepy at all. So that's a great question there. Um, <laughs> old Handsaw says, I can't find my uh, glasses atop my head most of the time. Yeah, I'm sure. What happened is I, um, when I packed up, when I packed up the old place, I several times said, ooh, I don't want to miss place there. Hey, Jonas is a Berggren's here, and it's past his bedtime. Checking in with chat there. Uh, <laughs> I, I several times during the move said, I do not want to lose this item. So I'm going to put this item where I know I will find it. And, of course, what happens? I haven't been able to find any of those items. It's just the way it is. Just the way it is. Motivations are coming back, though, Alice. Thanks for the questions. Good stuff there. Chris Jones asks... Uh, what is the strangest, what is, what is the strangest place you've been for a gig, either performing in any capacity or to see a live show and music? Okay. Okay. Now in terms of seeing, I, I used to go see a lot of shows and I can't say I've seen them in any weird places. Not, not so like stand up shows. I've been to, you know, restaurants and coffee shops and, a lot of weird places. There's comedy shows and laundromats. I've never really gone to those, but they're pretty popular in L.A., especially in the, in the mid-2000s. Uh, so I can't say seen in all the music shows I've seen over the years, like Hard Rock and House of Blues and all that kind of, and, uh, you know, the Will Turn and, and Hollywood Bowl. Like I have been to a lot of those. Now, one time, uh, for many times actually, there was in the early 2000s, my roommate at the time played a lot of pop punk shows over at a place called Cobalt over in Canoga Park area in the San Fernando Valley. And you can look up Cobalt. I don't know if it's still there, but it was a little just on the main drag off, I think, Ventura Boulevard or, or Sherman Oaks Boulevard, something like that, just a just a spot. It was just like a hole-in-the-wall place, but it had a big, big interior, but not like a concert venue. They had a little stage in there, sweaty, dirty, like a 
punk rock corner of the San Fernando Valley. And it was kind of famous, uh, not worldwide famous, not like CBGBs or something like that, but it had that vibe, which also meant it was really dirty. But you see a lot of shows there, but that's not weird. It was just kind of cool and some thing. But as far as performing in shows, um, stand-up, yeah, I've been in some weird places. Uh, a bar, that's not weird, a uh, bar that was shut down a week after we performed for a double murder, uh, back of a restaurant, like when I say back of a restaurant, there's a place up in Santa Clarita where I could you can go perform, and like, it's in a Marie Callender's, and it's 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 a show. They have a side room and a stage, and it's not like a comedy club, but it's it's a, it's a show. You feel like you're at a show. But I also have been uh, in Acton. There was a place off the 14 Freeway for those who know the landscape of the so- Southern California area. Off the 14 Freeway uh, restaurant, and we're talking like a mom and pop Caro's Denny's type of restaurant. And we were just in a back car- green carpeted room with curtains, not unlike the ones hanging behind me now. They asked us not to cuss. Not abnormal, but it just really it was it was a weird vibe. It was so wholesome, it was creepy. Um, but as far as weirdest places, I will say we did a pro wrestling fundraiser uh, back in I think 2010 or 2011. There was a wrestler in the SoCal region. He might still be working. I don't know. Named Vision, and Vision only had one eye. He had, I think, lost an eye to, to, to cancer or something like that. And and uh, good dude, uh, overcome a lot of obstacles to work, and and had a you know good reputation. But he need, had some medical expenses related to the eye, and I think he was trying to get a prosthetic eye. And so a fundraiser call went out, like, hey, let's help this kid out. And uh, so we did. So Millennium Pro Wrestling put on a a charity show for Vision's eye, and he wrestled on it, of course. And we we did it. Um, in the front yard area of a church, which in and of itself isn't too weird, but imagine just this kind of church, like a get the chapel and then like kind of the offices and like a little L shape around it, and there's the front yard area and the street, main drag, and it was in the Enland Empire. Um, like it was, like, Enland Empire is very far away, and. Uh, um, like, uh, not a good, I just, I don't want to say too much bad about the Inland Empire. Not, not a great area all the time. So it just was a rough part of town in this church in the front yard. We put up a wrestling ring. We had like 200 seats out. We we're hoping to raise money for this guy. Ten people showed up and it started to rain and it was cold and wet. But the show must go on. And we put on a full eight card wrestling show in front of these ten people. Uh, passed the hat to raise money for the guy. I think we got him like a hundred bucks. Um, hey, we took nothing from the ticket sales as one of those things. And I just remember looking around like this, this is weird. This is not what your dreams are made of when you think of performing as a kid. Uh, next question here is from Jason Humphreys. He's in chat. At least he was a little bit ago. Uh, the hump. We like to come around these parts. Uh, he says, what's your most annoying habit? What habit and others annoys you the most? I should bring Grace in here and she'll just, uh, uh, a lot of uh, habits. Um, I think so without, you know, all right, I slurp my coffee too much. Um, I uh, can leave lights on because I had fans and burn electricity because I like to come back to my room and have it be light and cool. Uh, little, little habits like that. But my personal, like what I hate about myself is I'll make little notes. The hump is still here. Checking in chat. So I'll make notes. The the chat room gets to see it. I have my little this week board. Yay! We talked about this in the afternoons recently. And I'll put things down. I also have a calendar on Google. I have a calendar on my computer. I have a calendar on my phone. I have a whiteboard, little tiny uh, days of the week kind of whiteboard hanging up on the wall. And um, I fill all of them out every week. Fill all of them out every week with what I'm going to do each day. And you can see this list. Uh, there's a thing down here that under the next week. I just put notes of bigger things I don't want to forget to do. And then it's not that I forget to do them. I just move them to next week. So it's, it's, it's not even plain old procrastination. It's just that I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then I just don't do it. And then four months go by and I don't do it. And I've done that a lot with tech stuff. 
Um, there's some people in my uh, chat room here now who are on my Discord server who have reached out and I've asked questions about, hey, I need some overlays made for Twitch. Do you have any suggestions or directions to go? And information has been provided. It's like four months later. I forgot to reach out to those people. I just, it's, it's, so I, I'm trying to get better by write down daily tasks. And then I always say this becomes wallpaper, no matter where I put it. I have one on the wall. I have the same information here. I have the same information on my Google, Google Calendar. I used to also, at my old apartment, have something on my refrigerator. Uh, our refrigerator now is not magnetized in the front, so I can't do it. Um, and that's a habit I have. That's a habit I have. I don't know what it is. I don't know what to call it. And it plagues me because it gets me, I get behind on a lot of things. And I don't like that. There's other bad habits. You know, I'm too honest sometimes to faults. So I'll talk about anything on air or off. Oh, I've got, you got some problems? I got some problems. Here's my problems. Oh, maybe I shouldn't share that. Um, that kind of stuff. But that's the one that gets me the most. So thank you, Hump. I hope that answers your question. All right. We've got this one here. Then we're going to talk some stand-up. And then we're going to take some maybe some live calls here uh, and some live questions for sure. Uh, Tamor Bahuda. You know, Tamor, your brother Abdul called into the afternoons. That's going to be uh, on our uh, show uh, later in the week, uh, me and Josh. And he intentionally mispronounced his name because he doesn't want me to pronounce it right. And I respect that. I think that's low, a bit dirty, but I respect that. Tamor. He writes, hey, Ken, at a young age, were you ever talked into doing something for your career by your parents and later realized that you didn't want to do that? If not, how would you react if that had happened to you? How would you have moved past it and pursue what you want to do for your career without worrying about your family? I think, yeah, so this is a great question, deep question. Um, I have been fortunate enough uh, that my parents never said, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer, uh, you're choices don't matter. You're going to go do, get a good job. They've wanted me to have good jobs. Um, you know, right now being, um, two years officially unemployed and working freelance, not having by unemployed. I mean, by, by this point, after losing my job, I didn't go back and get a full-time regular gig. I've been making it, trying to make it on my own here the last two years and, and, and at times succeeding other times not. Um, you know, they wish I had some more stability. They wish I didn't have the credit card debt I have. And but who, who, uh, who doesn't think that? You know, um, so I, uh, I never had that. But on the flip side, I wish. And this isn't a, you know, if my parents are listening, this isn't a bad thing. And this has kind of been talked about before. Sometimes I wish I was pushed harder in the areas that I liked. So, I did want to play baseball. Now. Was I ever going to be a Major League Baseball player? No. No, I was not. But after one great year of Little League, one really bad year of Little League, I still had the dream. Uh, and I tried out for the high school team, and I was cut in the ninth grade. And I went into a deep depression. Instead of, like, picking myself back up, instead of finding the next thing I want to do with my life, or what I thought would have been pretty valuable, working harder to try out again next year, and seeing what happened, I just rolled up my, bla- my, my my sleeping bag and left the campground. You know what I mean? And that's on me more than anything. I wish they had been a little bit more like, hey, you had a goal. We're going to keep you to it. Instead, they just said, hey, go find your, you know, they were concerned. Don't, don't get me wrong. It sounds, it sounds like I'm being super negative. I'm not. It just, um, they were so like, cool. All right. That didn't work. Well, what's next? And, and I got really depressed. That's really when some depression really, really set in. And I didn't really put my nose to the grindstone and, and really get to the next level. So that kind of the pro- the problem is that translates to other areas of my pursuits and, and passions. And sometimes if something doesn't work out well the first time, I, I pack it up. And maybe that's another annoying habit that I do, Hump. And I got to I got to work past that. So um, again, it sounds like I'm. Uh, the, one of the most important things I think that happens in your life is when you realize your parents are humans just trying to figure this out as they go along. As we have some parents in the chat room, you know, Chad's in the chat room. He's a dad and he's just doing the best that he can and hopes that it all works out. <laughs> I think for the most part, it does. And that's what you have to take faith in. So, Tamor, as far as uh, in the question, if that had happened, and I've seen it, I know, I know. I absolutely know people in my life who have um, 
been pushed in a direction, told you must do it. And if you really believe, if you really believe, I think you have to come to that point where you take that stand. I had a friend, went to high school. He was a great baseball player. And his dad really was like, you're playing ball. We're getting to college with this. And by about 11th grade, he determined no more. Art, drawing, animation, that's what I want my future to be. That's where my passions are. And he had that tough conversation with his dad, and it wasn't easy, and I don't think it went well. And he had a tough conversation with his coaches, and it didn't necessarily go well. But everyone had to be supportive in the end, and that's the thing. They had to be supportive, and and either they are or they aren't. And you're going to be fine with them, probably better with them on your side, but you're also going to be fine without them. Uh, we really took a deep dive in, on Force Center the other day into the story of Ray and Kylo Ren and her greatest fear of being alone and Kylo Ren reaching his hand out to her in The Last Jedi and, and basically saying, you're not alone if you, if you go with me. And, and she could have given into that and not necessarily been wrong, forget light side, dark side of the Force type stuff, but she had to realize in that moment that no, without him, she wasn't going to be alone either. And I think that's sometimes the choice, these tough choices, Tamor. Um, it might cost you some support, but if you believe in what you want to do or whoever in your life wants to go make this move, do it. Always, always check this, though. You can do things at the same time. So you can study to be a doctor. You're going to be busy. But maybe you can do a podcast on the weekends if that's what you want to do. I wouldn't recommend doing that. But if it's your passion, do it. That Shia LaBeouf, just do it meme, all the stuff that went around a few years ago. You know, he's, he's an interesting cat. But it's true. It's true. Just do it. Get out and do it. All right, some questions here about stand-up comedy. Then I'm going to take some live stuff here. And then eventually, actually, i got to record some afternoons with Josh and Ken. Coming up, this is TNF In Session. Uh, this has been a, uh, um, uh, been a fun episode, uh, already. And I love sharing this stuff with you. Okay. So we got a series of questions. Oh, wait, we got this. One. I want this one from Andy Ortiz. Quick one. Andy Ortiz out there in Dallas. Here it's traditionally a song is structured verse, chorus, verse, chorus, solo, etc. Most people remember the first verse and chorus when singing a song, yet there are true gems in the second verse. What songs, if any, do you look forward to because of the second verse in the song? There might be a lot of answers. But to me, I'm going to go with the answer that came straight for straight to my mind, and that is the second verse of Wonderwall. Backbeat, the wood is on the street, that the fire in your heart was out. That one is what hooks me into that song. Today, today is going to be the day they're going to throw it back to you. Great, cool. By now, you should have somehow realized what you got to do. I love the first verse of Wonderwall. It's that second verse that... The drums kick in, backbeat, word is on the street. I love that. So, yes, great question. Andy, always love talking music. Um, so, that's that. Pete saying, talking about Kylo Ren, I think in that moment, Kylo also didn't want to be alone himself, and it was also bait to get Ray to keep him company because he, he really is alone. First order isn't. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, think, uh, I think that's that's very true. I think Kylo needs that uh, he wants someone to go down this path with him, and he is intimately connected with Ray. I keep going back to that. He and Ray are intimately connected because of what's first happened in The Force Awakens. They've seen each other's fears. They know each other better than anyone. It has nothing to do with romance. It could eventually. It has nothing to do with physicality. It could eventually. Um, they're more connected, and he is fearful of her having that as a weapon away from him and also craves that connection himself. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, it's almost like Star Wars is deep, and the new Star Wars has some strong emotional connections, whether George Lucas liked them or not. But that's just me. All right, stand-up comedy stuff. we got some stand-up comedy questions. I've returned to stand-up comedy. You guys are probably uh, sick of me saying that there. Uh, Patreon supporters, you're going to get a... All levels are going to get a clip 
the whole set actually for me in San Diego uh, for the Mark Ellis and Friends show, uh, the second show of the night. I did a whole set and I have footage of it. The sound quality didn't turn out that great. And so therefore, I, I, you know, I just can't release it to the public, but I have this thing. I was like, you know who would enjoy this? Everyone on my Patreon page. So look for that shortly. Uh, you can see it. And it's funny, I've already already improved uh my set of the comedy store was already better than uh, san diego comic-con and that's the name of the game so that's good so speaking of stand-up comedy we got a series of questions here pete rich says hey you've been talking a lot lately about stand-up comedy i know pete i know which got me thinking it seems like there are different methods or approaches to stand-up is something uh, like a quick hit easy joke easier to accomplish than a storytelling or long form type of joke uh, or does it just depend on the creative style of the comedian? And then we get uh, Andrew Hale, who asks, uh, what is the process for you specifically when it comes to preparing for a stand-up show? Do you write jokes in a notepad, write them down on a phone, and do you test some of your jokes with your close friends to see if it works or test them out cold? You talked about it a bit in the Wangers show. Hey, the Wangers! But definitely want a better take on what works for different people. So these are some... Good stand-up comedy questions here, and I'll say this. Uh, as far as what works uh, better in terms of joke style, I think you have to um, I think you have to find out yourself a little bit. Quick hit jokes, uh, I've I've worked those in before, and they work. I am I wish I was more of a storyteller. I'm trying to get to that point. Uh, it, it, it's not a stand-up comedy is a science. Down to the beat, down to the beat, and even if you're coming up with stuff off the top of your head, that's why if you if I was watching this set at San Diego Comic Con, it was a great set for me. I was really happy with it, but by the time I got to my next set, and this is I'm doing it weeks in between. This is why you do stand up comedy as much as you can, two three times a night, two three times a week. Like this is you pick up the science emerges through this repetition. And every audience might be different, but you start finding your voice. You start finding how you want to deliver things. And there's things that I said in the San Diego set that I said again in the comedy store set that are refined. And it's not refined just because, well, I know the joke a little bit better because I did it. Um, it, it. It was refined in the the l- less time. Like I'm rambling now. I'm saying uh, uh, that's fine. Broadcasting's different. Uh, I, I, you, you all should learn to speak in sound clips if you're a pundit on another show or you're a guest on another show. But this is long-form broadcasting. Let's just talk it out, right? But on stage, the less you say, it becomes to me a little bit more effective. And watching the San Diego Comic-Con set, I was knew what I wanted to say. It was just a little more rambly. And the economy of words is important. And that's what I've needed to find. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. People should be laughing every five seconds. Boom, 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 boom. And what I have found does not work in the past, Rich, uh, Pete Rich. I've seen Rich. Rich Pete. Pete Rich. Peter Richard. Um, What has not worked for me in the past is having a punchline and knowing I want to get to that. I want to get to that punchline. But how I'm going to get there is telling this up and down, rambly you had to be their story. Jonas Bergen is checking out in chat. He's uh, across the pond, uh, way across the pond. So uh, uh, good night, Jonas. Thanks for checking uh, checking it out here. Um, so going back to that, so the economy of words, boom, that's the science of it for me. And that's short jokes, long jokes. It's just how many words and then moving the word around. Uh, where the, the, the emphasis might be on the last word of the sentence. That might be your joke, but maybe that's not. Uh, Mark Ellis has got a great joke, a new bit that he's working on. I won't really touch upon it, but he uses one word and he says that word comically, and it's not the last word in the sentence, but it makes the joke. And he knows it. He's talking, and he said, because I just love that word the way I'm using it. Uh, Jason in, in chat room, the hump, uh, says, in the past you've stated that you need to do 100 sets before stand up means anything because you've been uh, with for so long as you're just my counter reset. In a way, Jonas, the way, uh, Jonas, uh, sorry, we're all saying goodbye to Jonas and Chad. In the way, the hump, it does. It, it doesn't overall, but I'm working with almost entirely new material and an entire, entirely different mindset. So I need to get back out there. I'm trying to get booked on another show here, working at, looking at some other places. Uh, open mics aren't my thing, and it's not always a great place to test it because you're 
talking to other comics and they're the worst audience in the world. You need to get, get up in front of real audiences, and I'm, I'm working on that. The next big scheduled show is November 16th in Washington, D.C. More on that a little bit later. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's how the approach of, of, of writing jokes is, and that has changed for me. Um, yeah, you know, the, the process, and Andrew Hale's asking about the process. Preparing for a stand-up show, um, for me, one thing, I've never tested jokes on anyone else. Um, some people do do that. Christian Harloff was, used to, he used to meet with me for lunch at my old job, and he'd be, hey, I'm thinking of a bit, and he'd talk it out. He, when, before he went up on stage in New York, he, he just went back up on stage. He called me. Uh, I had texted him and said, hey, here you're going up, good luck. And he called me, and he said, hey, I'm thinking of saying this. And he ran and made me laugh. I go, great. He can do that. I can't do that. I like finding it myself and saying it for the first time in front of an audience. But some of my best sets ever are in the shower. I may have mentioned it on the Wanger show, but and Ellis is like this too. The be- I, I'll burn so much hot water. I'll waste so much. Sorry, Earth. Sorry, young kids of the future. I've wasted so much water just practicing going over the beats of my stand-up comedy set. And then, you know, you never know who's going to laugh. You never know what it's going to be. But that um, that's kind of how I found my, find my rhythm. And then I'll take that to me. Now, as far as to the show, um, I've, I've had, like, notepads work, written on computers. Most of the time in the old days, what I'd do is I'd have a Post-it note with my set. And you don't write anything out. You just write if your joke is a joke about candy. You just write candy, and then the next one will be dog, and the next one will be elevator, and it, and that's your set list. That's how I do it. That's how a lot of comics do it. Others don't. I, I know one friend still, after all this, she's done comedy for 15 years. She has a set, her set list scribbled on her hand, and she looks at it, and it's almost become part of her persona. Richard Lewis was famous for having the big sheets of paper on his desk, uh, on, 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 on the, not desk, but the piano there. And that became part of his act. Others do it differently. Um, now what I do, I have a little, uh, little, uh, what are those little, um, uh, not notebooks, but a little, I don't know. they got the little moleskin little notebooks. I don't know why I'm struggling with the, what this, how to describe a notebook. Uh, but it's a little Game of Thrones one I had years ago. I didn't know what to do with it about this big. And that's what I pulled out and brought with me, actually. And pulled out on the plane from Burbank to San Francisco and, and just started writing my set list uh, for the one in San, San Francisco that kind of really brought me back. And that, that was, I've never written like that before. I used to work something out in my room in the shower, in the car, go back to uh, my computer and type up what I thought the joke would be. And then it would change on the stage. You go back and, uh, and adjust it. And I'd have the whole joke. If it's a, if it's a six-line joke or, you know, six stanza joke, whatever it is, I'd have it all there. Uh, and then I could go back and remember it. Oh, because you, you sometimes forget. You forget a joke you did. You forget how you phrased something. And my old roommate used to, uh, Lou is a comedy teacher as well as a great stand-up. He'd come back after every night before he'd have a, a nightcap. Even if, even if he had a girl with him, he'd go to his room, bring up and make notes on every set. This worked, this type of crowd. And he I call, used to call him the Tony Gwynn of comedy. Tony Gwynn, uh, the late Tony Gwynn was playing baseball. He was, a, you know, one of those intelligent hitters that would study every at-bat, videotape of every swing, make adjustments. And, you know, like Ken Griffey Jr. would just go up and swing and hit the ball. Um, both work for, for, but now I'm right. I'm not writing it all out. I'm just writing lines, one little line to remind me of how and what I want to say. And it's working out good. And I'm, I'm not going to mess with it right now. And we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you guys will be the judge and you know, (laughs) that's the way it should be in comedy. So I hope that answers your questions, Andrew and Pete about stand-up comedy. Uh, we are almost ready to take live calls. Uh, the folks in the Patreon page uh, have the Google Voice number to get in here, and uh, that's uh, what we'll be doing. So, uh, Also, um, Pete says, sure does. Thank you, Peter Richard, as I've now renamed you, apparently. I appreciate that. So uh, if you guys have any chat uh, live chat questions, happy to hear it here on TNF In Session. And then uh, we'll get ready to take uh, some live calls here before I get out of here and uh, uh, get Josh McCook. In fact, I got a, I got a text. Uh, oh, no, it's not looking good for Josh. We're going to need to do a 
says we're going to need to do a report card today. Ooh, we tape the episodes usually on Tuesday for Friday release. So a lot can happen in the world. Um, all right, so if anyone out there uh, has access to the number, wants to call in, phone lines are open. Uh, should work. Make it happen. And if anyone in chat's got a live question, I'll answer that now. Here it's TNF in session. This is what we love doing here. Uh, this is made possible by by supporters at patreon.com slash catnapsock. We are small, but we are mighty, and we have formed a nice community there. So, oh, we got some calls coming in. I love this part of the show. Let's do it. Here we go. All right. First call is in. Welcome uh, to TNF in session. Who do we have? Uh, newly named Peter Richard. Peter Richard is in. We got a second call coming in. That's what's also coming in. So, so that one. <laughs> we got competing voice uh, Google voice uh, calls. Uh, all right, Pete, you're in. You're in. Uh, what's on your mind tonight? Thanks for the good questions about stand-up comedy. Oh yeah, it's, uh, uh, you've really piqued my interest. Just because um, you know I've always enjoyed watching stand-up comedy, but I've never really got insight into uh, how it works for the uh for the um yeah comedian um so yeah it's been really cool to hear you talk about it um kind of on all all your shows and you know on the winger show and all that yeah thank um, you but yeah speaking of the winger show i listened yeah. to uh grace's show today yeah um and uh yeah she's she's hilarious she's and great. people calling for um a ken report card in uh for the afternoons just like josh gets and after hearing the uh cheese it uh five extra minutes episode with grace and hearing your banter back and forth um is it it was hilarious so is, is that something that uh that you would entertain in the future yeah, I think I think we would. As far as report card, I don't know if she wants to air that laundry. Whereas I'm surprised some of the stuff that Amanda Makuga <laughs> is comfortable talking about on the afternoons of Josh and Ken. I'm kind of surprised. There was one call that got real serious, and I was like, "Oh, we have maybe gone too far." Um, but at a, uh, it's come up a lot. So uh, uh, often when Josh and I record, Grace is just in the next room, so I could probably pull her in. And maybe I'm not ready to deal with some of the things that she might talk about there. I don't know. I haven't had a chance to watch the Wanger show yet. I will. I, I, I try never to miss a Wanger show. So with her on there, definitely going to watch. And hopefully she didn't say too much out of school, Pete. Did she drop some secrets there around Cheez-Its or anything? Uh, no, I don't think so, but she, she, there was, there was some, there was some stuff she said, but nothing, (laughs) nothing too crazy, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, It is, it is kind of surprising how, how, um, how okay Amanda is with, uh, with sharing all that. I, I don't know that all, um, Mrs. would be okay with that. <laughs> It'd be tough. It'd be tough. But yeah, as far as the, the five extra minutes, that was kind of fun last minute. I needed a little uh, five minute show, as I will tomorrow. And I did, you know, hey, let's go in and talk about this cheese thing. So yeah, more of that will probably come. And I hope a lot of you out there listening or watching now here on YouTube now or later, uh, check out Grace and Alicia Have Lives, their podcast. Uh, Grace and Alicia Gainer have a great little show that they uh, are building and building, and they're doing such a great job with it. So that's great, Pete. Uh, uh, is that Did I, we take care of all your needs here on TNFN Session? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'll let you get to uh, the next caller. Sounds great. All right, we're, we're uh, hanging up on Pete. The great call. That's how you do it there. I, I look so we missed a couple calls. Uh, I'm seeing it here. I almost should just, should I just try calling... Let me try calling this number back. I'm calling. I'm calling someone here. Let's see if they answer. Hello? Hey, this is TNF in session. You're live on air. This is Taymor from New York. Taymor, you were calling in. I knew it was you. I knew it was you. Uh, Taymor, you're live. What do you got? What's on your mind? Okay, I got like a funny question. Okay. Um, have you ever been locked out of your car? Yes. I, are you locked out of your car right now? No, it actually happened to me yesterday, and I, <laughs> I couldn't tell my family because it happened a couple of times in like the past couple of months. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm so tired to drive home, so I'm just going to take a lift home. So I didn't know. I like another copy at home. So yeah. I, like in the morning, I had to leave early before the, the street cleaning in that area where I had parked it. So I had to leave, take a, like a 530 train in the morning get there by 7 30 just to you know make sure that this one hey at least at least you had parking out there in new york yes i have locked myself out of my car several times 
Um, I a lot of it pre Uber or Lyft era, which does make it a little easier. At least you know you can get home, but also uh, can you get in when you get home if someone's not there and you locked your keys in? Uh, I've done that. Uh, I've had to get a lot of cars unlocked during my days uh, in retail security. It happens a lot, and and amazing how many times it happens with the car running and kids. In, in the car. How many times oh, uh, we, we used to have parents come run into our security office freaking out. I locked oh, uh, my kids in the car and they'd be like strapped in a little kid's chair and, and we, or, or they'd be one or two and we'd be trying to uh, like go, hey, you know, the fire department would be on the way. Will McLean and Chad saying, fire department? Yeah, we usually do call for that, but we, we'd have some, some uh, tools to get them out. Um, and you'd be trying to like communicate with a one and a half year old, move your hand, unlock, and it never would work. So Anna and Tamor, I've been locked. I've locked myself out of my house a few times. So yeah, I actually did, but yeah, I can actually keep a set of keys outside my like in the, in yeah. the backyard. Always uh, smart. Just in case, like I don't have my keys on me, but now I'm thinking like because I have a van, I've got like this rack on the van. I should like you know hide a pair, a set of keys over there too. So. Because I'm pretty sure it's going to happen again. So, yes. like, you know what? I think I should just tape it somewhere else outside, like, hidden from the plain side. So if it does happen... I'm yeah, good. <laughs> I think you should, or at least make sure Abdul, your brother, has a set of keys taped to his well, pants. Yeah, I mean, he's out in Philadelphia for the most part. He comes oh. over the weekend, so it's like, yeah, I got to fend for myself sometimes. Well, good to know. Good to know that when yeah. he's in Philly uh, and he leaves for the weekend to go back home, we can break into his place in Philly. Thanks for letting <laughs> that out. All right, Tamor, thanks for the call right. live here on yeah. TNF In Session. So uh, phone lines are open if anyone wants to call in there now in the chat. Uh, uh, we uh, release this number to uh, the fine folks supporting at a certain level uh, uh, on Patreon, and it makes for a very fun show. I love c- talking directly to you all, uh, hearing your voice. Chat is one thing, and super chats are great, and, and that's kind of the lay of the land now for a lot of shows. You're probably going to see uh, Afternoons Force Center do that, and you may even me i think it's an interesting way it's like twitch and i'm getting back to twitch soon if you've been following me on twitch uh, i haven't been uh, broadcasting for almost about two months because of the move and getting some stuff set up but i'm, I'm at least going to go back to some ps4 streaming um to get get hanging out with you all there uh, uh with all of our friends uh, like uh you know uh, kyle harlow and, and bedore and, uh, and tamor a lot of people even here now pop up in twitch so it's great so Alice is here. Alice just joined, and uh, we answered your question earlier, Alice, so you get to go back and, and hear that on the episode when it's released. So uh, welcome to the show here. And Pete Rich says, raid on Abdul's place over the weekend. Uh, that's good. So uh, any calls, I'll keep the phone lines open. If not, i got to get ready to record with uh, Josh uh, for the afternoon. So we got some questions here in chat, Chad Benefil. Who, Chad, by the way, was in the chat room before the show started and said, I can only be here for 10 or 15 minutes. i got some dad duties tonight. He's still here. I wonder if the kids are running around half-dressed, teeth not brushed. I don't know what's going on. Um, Chad says, should I read uh, Fire and Blood first, which is the George R. R. Martin History of the Targaryens, Volume 1, or wait on a possible show coming? I actually think you should just read now, Chad. If you are a fan of uh, Game of Thrones, World of Ice and Fire, Song of Ice and Fire, uh, really, really check it out. And don't wait for the show, because number one, it might not happen. It's just a pilot script. Um, and then even then, it's probably not going to be, obviously, as detailed or, or, or cover as much ground as the book, and I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite reads, and we've been talking about it over on Casterly talk so great question though chap um abdul says luckily we live in one of the safest towns in new york well we're not worried about new york abdul we're saying when you go to new york for the weekend we're going to break into your house in philly all right there you go uh will says we uh, am i going to be at the orlando schmodown on october 19th uh as of this point no i am not going to um I'm not going to be there. So uh, sorry about that. Chad says hashtag Lauren says hashtag bad parenting Chad. And then Chad says hashtag 18 year old son dispatch for pickup. Chad, you are doing it right. You're doing it right. Uh, I got a name, which is old hands. I just says my wife just walked in. She said, my gray beard is catching up uh, with uh, his. Uh, yeah, it, it's uh, ooh, look at that. It's real extra bushy right now. 
Uh, I've got a prospector beard going, and I kind of like it. Sometimes I like a little close-cropped, kept uh, beard. Other times I like to get a little wild, and that's what we're doing. We're in a wild time. So as we start to wrap up, I'll put the phone line uh, call out there now. Anyone wants to call on in with the Google number, if you have access through the Patreon page, just look it up. I'm not going to give it out because I don't want to, you know, if you're not, uh, if you happen to be stumbling on this unlisted link and you're not a Patreon supporter, you can listen. I want you to listen. But I don't want you to call. I want the reward, the nice Patreon uh, supporters there. So uh, I got a name that says Winter's Coming. Winter is coming indeed. I've got a Sir Davos beard going, and that's why I kind of like it. It's Luke Skywalker, Last Jedi, Davos, a little Stannis towards the end. I like it a lot. I'm worried when it starts going all gray. I wonder if can I color just – I want salt and pepper. I want to keep that for a long time. Uh, so uh, – Everyone in chat wants Alice to call in. She says, I'm nice but shy. Um, yeah, Alice, last time you were hesitant too. So let's, this is a podcast recorded live. Alice, why don't you, why don't you try calling here? You got the number. It's in the Patreon page. You're amongst friends here. There's a small group listening here, watching here. Why don't you just get on the phone? Lauren Romo is saying, Alice, call. Pete says you were hesitant last time. Get in there. He had his first time. He said, I did my first time. It was fun. And then phrasing, oh, Pete, oh, Pete. Alice says maybe next time. Well, that's quite a way to end the show. But I think we're going to end the show regardless. I love doing TNF in session. It's a chance to broadcast directly to some of my strongest supporters. And I really love Hearing from you all, thanks for the calls, thanks for the questions that were in the uh, uh, pre-selected questions from Patreon and those watching here in chat. We'll release this later on YouTube and on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. It's what we do here. We have a lot of fun. Thank you all. We'll see you next time here on TNF In Session. <laughs>